Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. This episode is brought to you by AARP. 16 years from today, Greg Gerstner will finally land the perfect cannonball. Epic Splash. Unsuspecting Friends. A work of art only possible because Greg is already meeting all these same people at AARP volunteer and community events that keep him active and involved and help make sure his happiness lives as long as he does. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org local. Welcome into the latest Golf Channel podcast presented by Top Golf. I'm your host, Will Gray. And before we introduce today's guest, I will point out that this program, we've talked to lots of pro golfers. We've talked to lots of pro athletes who enjoy golf. And now in the interest of looking at both sides of the issue, we bring in a man who made headlines last week for his unabashed stance against golf. The man has no time for golf, and yet here we are on the Golf Channel podcast. That would be Washington State head football coach Mike Leach. Coach, thank you very much for taking the time to be with us today. Oh, I appreciate your having me on. Yeah, I, I've never liked golf. And I'll tell you, um, and, I, and I, know it's, it's the, I, I know it's the minority opinion, and, uh, and I'm sure I'm probably wrong because there are some very brilliant, talented people that love golf, but I'm not one of them. That is fair. That is fair. Now, just to recap, for, for people that weren't clued into some of your remarks uh, last week in an interview at, at practice up in Pullman, just to recap, we've got, you say it's golf is boring. You don't care about where the ball is going to go. You think people are trying to do things with a stick and ball that they can't do with a rifle and a scope, and that golf is basically for people who need practice at swearing, and you do not need practice at swearing. And so, no time for golf. Is that about accurate? Uh, that's, that's nearly 100% true. My experience <laughs> golf started uh when i was a kid and it did help a great deal uh, <clears throat> that i'm predominantly left-handed um i i still have my right hand but i'm predominantly left-handed and there weren't left-handed clubs so i had uh, my dad and brother loved golf and they golf all the time and um and you know, so and I'm I was older, but my dad and my younger brother they loved they loved golf, and so you know you couldn't go anywhere without them talking about golf. And oh well, did you see the way the seventh hole bent and the whole you know and the ball just did that? I mean, they they could amuse themselves for hours with a little white ball that might have rolled, maybe it did roll, uh, you know, uh, maybe it went here. Maybe the thing stuck. Uh, and they could go on and on and on. And I mean, on and on for hours. I'm going, you know, uh, uh, all kinds of great things happen. You know, I mean, football, somebody knocked the hell out of somebody. Um, baseball, you know, you see some guy jack the thing, or maybe there's a fight, or, you know, uh, Jack Clark and Mike Sosha collide at the play, you know, stuff like that. So then, um, uh, well, then the madness got worse. I mean, because, see, I grew up in, in Wyoming, and 
And of course, there are times we'd go all over the country and different places or be on some kind of a road trip. And, you know, you drive past uh, a golf course, there'd be a golf course. And, and, oh, I mean, they'd start circling like sharks, you know. <laughs> I mean, it would be like, uh, well, that, I mean, then, and then they, they, they would be this feigned innocent conversation, which was, you know, my dad would say, wow. Look over there. I mean, that's a nice little setting for a golf course. And Tim would say, "It sure is." And then my dad would say, "Well, maybe, maybe we ought to just pull in and check out. We don't really have any time, but let's just look at it." I'm just, I know what's coming. I know what's coming. <laughs> I say, "I'm thinking," I, and, I, and I go, "No, let's not go look at it." I go, "Pretty, but not worth looking at because we're in a hurry." You know, it'd be one of these eight-hour trips you're on or whatever. And so then, um, you know, and then they'd pull up the road, tentatively pull up the road, and he'd say, you know, I'm not doing nothing. Maybe we could go hit not. And and Tim would say, he'd say, well, our, our bags are in the back of the car. And I'd say, no, let's not go hit nine. We're doing plenty. We're on the road. We've got to get going, you know. And, oh, you know, they'd eat their way out there, and then pretty soon, we're hitting 18, and I've read the magazine, you know, sat in the golf cart and read the magazine I brought with me three times. And, uh, uh, yeah, that's kind of my relationship with golf. And then, and then, um, oh, my other, the other thing is, is uh, you go out there and everybody says, well, let's just, uh, let's go out there. Let's go out there and, uh, We'll get our business uh, taken care of. You know, we'll, we've got a lot to talk about. Work, but, you know, it would be a lot more pleasant to do it out on the golf course. Let's go out on the golf course and do it out there. And so you go out there, and um, first of all, the other thing I don't like is it's pretentious. There's a lot of rules. That's true. Um, let's, let's, you know, don't do it this way. Don't do it that way. You walk between my ball in the hole. Um, you know, this guy has to go first. You go after he does. I mean, um, you know, all, all these rules I don't understand. And then, so they have all these all these really uptight rules. Um, and you have to wear certain clothes. But then, you know, and you can tell there's a, there's a subtle internal rebellion going on with golf. Because, um, and where that subtle internal rebellion manifest itself is they really liven up the clothes. I mean, they're beaten down by all the little subtle rules. They'll really liven up the, the, the clothes, maybe have uh, knickers, maybe they'll have, uh, um, you know, a floppy hat or something like that. You know, to, yeah, we've got all these really uptight rules, and yeah, I'm going to bite your ass off if you break one of them. But look, hey, I've got really casual, cool clothes, you know. And then, um, and so then, as you're going out there to get your business solved on the golf course, um, you know, it starts right from the beginning. Um, you know, you start the first tee box, and some guy's going to say, "Okay, now I need to aim this ball right there, that little lump." Uh, right there, and if I if I if I 
you know, if I don't take my, or if I uh, get a good back swing, I'm uh, lighter off this foot, such and such on my front foot, and if I grip it this way, it'll hit right there. And, you know, they've just described something that you can't hit with a sniper scope and a rifle, but they're going to do it with a stick and a ball. And so, you know, immediately I realized, okay, he's going, he's going to do it like this. He's going to do it like that. And, of course, the ball won't go there. It's not going to go there. It might be a great shot. It might even be the best shot I've ever seen, but it's not going to go there. And then, of course, they hit, and it's not going to go there. And then the other thing, they'll give you all kinds of advice on how you should hit it, how you should hold the club, how you should put your left foot. Okay, and then, okay, you know, that's perfect, you know, all this. So then you swing, your ball doesn't go there either. And then after a while, I just sort of gave up. Just swing as hard as you can, and hopefully it flies, you know, a long way somewhere. And then, um, uh, well, and then as you're approaching the hole with them, then it's going to be, if I would have just done this, a little less on my front foot, a little more on my back foot, a little steadier on my back swing, pulled through with my front arm, the ball would have gone, it would have, I would have hit that spot. No, it wouldn't have. I mean, of course it wouldn't have. The ball would have gone somewhere else, but it wouldn't have hit that spot. And then, um, and so it goes, and it, that goes on for 18 holes. And um, that goes on for 18 holes. You never talk about your business. Um or relaxing on the golf course. I thought that's a good one too. Let's go relax on the golf course. Well, they're swearing by they're they're swearing before the end of the first hole, and uh, and uh, you know looking at their equipment, funny throwing their equipment, um, and uh, they say, well, you know, I don't go there to golf or to go take it seriously. I go I go golf. Uh, because I just like to have a beer. And I'm thinking, you know, there's bars for that. Uh, th there's bars for that. And at those bars, they have oftentimes attractive women and music going on. And, um, uh, and you know, I think it, it, and it's reasonably well documented. I'm pretty good at swearing. So I don't need to sharpen up on that. Fair. And, um so, uh, and I think some people in their life may need golf. I, I, I tell you, I do know one unique golfer that almost makes it worth the price of admission. And I can't, I'm not going to say his name because, uh, <laughs> because he'll practice his swearing on me probably. Um, the, uh, okay, so I got the, uh, in, in general, love golf, but they can't be self-golfers. Fancy themselves as golfers would probably be the more appropriate word. And um, the uh, oh, and you go to these golf tournaments where they'll have fantastic prizes sometimes, and you know, best ball, and some team will have some ringers or whatever, you know, a team full of ringers, and you know, and if I'm driving the car around, you watch the ringers play, and and then when you go. Uh, here who wins one of these tournaments and uh, um, you know who ends up getting first place there at the end of the thing 
uh, it doesn't take long to realize what they meant by the saying that the pen is mightier than the sword. Uh, you know, the, the, somebody that's got good pencil skills ends up winning that thing, and everybody <laughs> ends up mad. But um, the, now the guy I know, Peso coaches, fancy themselves as golfers, and I know this guy. Um, and you know, we'd have the events, and, and and you know, there were guys that really loved golf, worked on it all the time. And um, and then you know, and a couple others that were flat out good at it. Um, I don't know about great, but flat out good. And and this guy's kind of one of, known as one of the real hothead coaches, and he is a hothead. And um, um, and so he says he would get. And usually, from my experience, and you guys are the experts, um, that's why you got a channel around this stuff. But <laughs> um, the uh, I, I find it seems to me that golf, in particular, of all sports, um, it's important to be calm. It's important to be an even-tempered person. And if you're a loser, your temper guy or blow a fuse guy. That's pretty counterproductive to your ability to play. And this guy could—he would go out there, and his brother would play some. Is very meaningful to his to his brother. And this guy would go out there, and and he might and just—I mean, just steaming the whole time. <laughs> but he was really, really talented. He was really talented at it. Would hit good-looking shots. Uh, would beat all the guys that were good golfers. But he'd go out there, and after uh, you know, after all, uh, some, you know, sometimes uh, hit his way along, and and you know, and because this was more of a social tournament, really. And so then hit his way along and he'd always win by several strokes or be the best of, you know, among, you know, our little group. And then, um, but there were days he would go out there, you know, he'd be ahead by four strokes after about, uh, three holes and then hit one bad shot. That's all it takes. Blow up. Oh, just blow up you. He'd go, all right, hey, you know what? I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> what do you mean you're out? You're, you're killing everybody. You're in by four strokes. No, no. You know, screw this. I'm out. He'd take his butter. It uh, seemed to me it was usually a wedge or a chipper. I can't, but <laughs> he would swing, and, and he, he'd always have a, you know something new as he came to the court. Uh and you can see why, because there were quite a few casualties. That thing would end up getting flung into the pond or wherever. <laughs> <laughs> and he would storm off the golf course and goes, hey, when it's over, I'll see you when it's over. I'll, well, hey, call me when it's over and we'll meet downtown. But I'm out. He says, screw this. He says, I'm not doing this. And he just he would just ignite. But the, the unique thing about him is um, – um, he was a series of explosions and yet a good golfer. And, and 
and and I'm familiar with enough golfers. I haven't seen that very much because if you're an explosion guy, you're usually a horrible golfer. But this guy was just truly a skilled guy and just good at it, naturally good at it, uh, inexplicably good at it, but of course a series of explosions. Well, I would say a series of explosions and a pretty good golfer kind of describes a handful of, of PGA Tour players, but that's that's neither here nor there. I, I, I will respect the fact that you have very well-reasoned arguments for your uh, your stance on golf, and, and we can we can leave it at that. But your day job, when not, uh, you know, exp- expressing your, your stance on our sport, is, of course, uh, running the football team up at Washington State. You had your spring game this past week. You had the final spring practice. Uh, yesterday, where, where, where do things stand? How do, uh, how do you feel about uh, the state of the program heading into a little bit of a break and then the fall season? Um, I, think, I think pretty good. Oh, no, uh, oh shoot, I, I just thought of more golf. That's the thing. You golf guys that yeah, dominate the, the mind, the psyche, the world uh, on everything as you're asking me that. Hey, uh, I thought our, our third, I thought our spring ball went fantastic. I thought, and it really did because we've got a lot of new faces. We're you know, a very eager team. Um, uh, played really hard, and I thought that our spring game went really well because spring game, uh, you know, you only have so many reps. And you want to get everybody in, but you want to get good work. Keep working until you do get good work. So it's important to start fast. So. I thought all those things happened. This was the best spring game I've been a part of. Uh, two real quick notes, uh, um, and I don't know who rated it this, but it really is a nice golf course. Uh, but for those that do enjoy golf, and we have some around here that are very nice because we're right by Coeur d'Alene. We're right an hour and 20 minutes up. That's Idaho, right? Those, Just over, over the border? Yeah. Yeah, because we're eight miles from the border. So, so Washington State's in Pullman, Washington, and we're eight miles from the University of Idaho in Moscow, Idaho, and then just north of Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, which has some gorgeous golf courses. And then uh, we have a university uh, fundraiser at Suncadia, too, which is fantastic. But um, on our campus, they, they say, and they've had the Pac-12 championships here a number of times, uh, some outfits uh, rated our, our campus golf course as the second highest rated campus golf course because we have these really rolling and lumpy uh, green hills. And so it's That's Palouse, right? The, Pal- the Palouse is all, all uh, hill country up there, correct? Yeah, once you get back there, it does actually look like you're in Scotland a little bit, you know, on those hills. But the most unique hole, I need to go take a picture. Somebody ought to do this. Um, there's a, there's a there's a there's a, a hole that's just a very unique scene. So so our university studies grizzly bears. We're big at studying and researching grizzly bears, and you know uh, we'll study them just because they're grizzly bears. How big their eyes? How big their paws? You know how long the, their claws? You know how many times does a grizzly take a dump a day? We'll do all that, <laughs> okay? But then we'll. Uh, um, but then the other thing, stuff like, you know, a grizzly's uh, uh, heartbeat goes down when they hibernate, so how can we help heart patients, okay? And and so we have this, uh, uh, and this is exactly the time of year 
that this occurs that I'm talking about. And so, um, and so then in the spring, the grizzlies come out, and, and the, the grizzly preserves right across the street from the golf course. And, um, and you know, so they'll, they'll be out and you'll see them running around on the, the hill inside the preserve there. But there is this visual where, okay, all of a sudden you drive up this hill on your golf cart. Okay, and you're at the tee box. You're at the tee box, and and you're getting ready to hit. And, and on the on the the hill just opposite of you, it's covered with grizzly bears. And and uh, and and as you're getting ready to hit the ball, you know it's apparent to you that the grizzly bears are gonna uh, beat you to your ball. <laughs> and um, and plus, the grizzly bears are very likely to get you. And so, you're as you're on that tee box looking over at the opposite hill, I mean, it's just a clean view of you're on this hill, the grizzlies are on that hill. It's just a short space away. And, you know, what you don't see, what you don't see right away between the hills, of course, is a big fence that keeps the grizzlies from... Uh, getting over to the golf course. But, you, you know, you literally have this perfect view of golfers and grizzlies just right there, you know. See, down in Florida, we deal with gators on the golf course. We do not have uh, quite as many grizzly bears, although I, I feel like that's a pretty fair uh, hazard to have to navigate when, uh, when playing. Let me ask you this. Like I said, we're in Florida. We're based in Orlando. We have a lot of UCF folks in and around well, our you, office. You've killed water moccasins with your club then if you're down there. I've, I've dealt with, I haven't had a water moccasin, but I've had, you end up with a couple snakes that, that do pop up here, here and there, but it's mostly gators. You've got to try and, you know, do the zigzag motion, things like that. We have a few, you know, just keep you on your toes. But, uh, so, so I want to say we're, we're in Orlando, we're in Florida, a lot of UCF folks. Do you have any thoughts? What's your stance on UCF? raising a, a national championship banner from their uh, undefeated football team last year that they got a lot of attention around our parts. You know, I'm a big fan of a massive playoff. And then, you know, we wouldn't have these disputes. I mean, the gripe everybody uh, that uh, maligns UCF on such a subject is the fact that uh, they don't believe they played as challenging a schedule as some other schools did. And then, but the thing is, uh, you know, the whole thing is quite political. And then, um, you know, polls and averaging polls and computers and all this stuff. I, th I think we need I think we need to have a massive uh, playoff system. I think it needs to be um, – I'd, lo I'd love to have 64. I think you can do 64 pretty easy. Um, I think the minimum you want to have is 16. And then it's settled on the field and everybody can say, well, this guy was injured or this guy stumbled or the ref made a bad call. But at least, you know, um, the, you know, the battle is out there on the field and it's determined on the field. And you can say, well, all right, you went through, you know, all these teams to, to you know, prevail. So therefore you deserve to be the champion. And, um the uh, uh, I, so I think I think that would solve it. I think it'd be very exciting for everybody. I think the reason they don't do it that way 
is because uh, they can't sort out who gets the money, and it's 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 kind of power and control because it's indisputable. It would make more money. Uh, you could have sixty four uh, and settle it sixteen games. The champion plays sixteen games. You'd have to cut the regular season down to ten, and then um, you know you select your sixty four uh, team tournament, and then uh, and I would have. I would have anybody that doesn't, you know, everybody's allowed to play 12 games. So if you're not selected for the 64, then you can play NIT games with other uh, uh, other teams that aren't selected, you know, to work the budget. What would be exciting about that is they'd be, you know, like teams, uh, could be teams across the country that don't play each other often. And these teams could play in, in, during the natural break that you would have in the in the playoff system, I think I, I think it'd be incredibly exciting. I think it'd be a blast, and um, you know, and all this while well, people won't attend games. Well, that's ridiculous. You know, of course, you know, you get the nation engaged in watching this uh, stuff, and all of a sudden, um, you know, just like out here's Gonzaga. Well, all across the country, there's all kinds of Gonzaga fans. And why is there all kinds of Gonzaga fans? Because over the years. They see him going playing the uh, uh, the basketball tournament and um, in advance, and um, you know make life exciting. And they don't even know. There's an awful lot of Gonzaga fans who probably don't even know where Gonzaga is located. Okay, <laughs> but they've gotten to watch him play tournament after tournament, prevailing game after game. Impressive showing after impressive showing. Okay, and then, and then, um, uh, you know, and then they get engaged because of uh, the tournament every year, you know, uh, uh, of that basketball tournament. That's what would happen in football, too. I mean, people would want to see if they could get it done. All of a sudden, there's UCF. UCF get it done, and they finish this thing out. And then... Um, <coughs> You know, and that's what I think needs to happen. Well, I'm sure that a 16-team playoff, a 64-team playoff, either option would be would be very welcome to the the ears of some of the UCF fans around our office. Let's let's close things out here. I want to do a little word association here. We can run through a couple of these. Very curious to get your thoughts on uh, on a few key terms. We're going to start with country club. Uh, uptight. <laughs> okay. Uh, social media. Jeez, you're gonna, you're determined to make me um, uh, uh, swear here. Okay, <laughs> the, the social media clutter. There you go. Okay, uh, Bitcoin. Uh, something I've heard of, but don't know. Uh, uh, don't know what it is. Okay, uh, Tiger Woods. Um, the first thing is. I actually saw him in the tunnel when we played um, Stanford, when we beat Stanford a year ago. Um, uh, well, I, when I Tiger Woods, I see a picture because he, you know, on TV he looks so long and has that really graceful swing. I, I, I see uh, the long figure of Tiger Woods taking that swing, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, just, I, I see, I see the long picture. Uh, 
the Nike golf shirt that uh, is is probably his line that, that I wear them all the time because we're in Nike school. I, I I I see him taking that swing. I see the the long figure Tiger Woods in that and in, in that club up high getting ready to come around. All right, we'll end on this. Uh, this week, the the PJ Tour event in New Orleans, the Zurich Classic. They're allowing players to use walk up music for the first time ever, where they can choose the song they want to walk up to, to the first tee. If you were to uh, get back into a relationship with golf. Like, some, like on, De- on Deck Circle and Yes, uh, exactly, exactly. Yeah, they're, they're, they're <laughs> finally coming around. So what would, be, awesome. what would be the Mike Leach walk-up music? Uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> the Take It Easy by the Eagles. Uh, Let's see. Take it easy by the Eagles. Uh, well, I'm a big Jimmy Buffett and Neil Young guy. Take it easy by the Eagles would be a good one. But, you know, from that time. Um, the, uh, of course, uh, you know, and somebody else will have already gotten uh, uh, the ACDC things will have been, uh, will, will have been picked through. Yep. Uh, let's see. Uh, you know, if you found a really good Jeff, how about uh, Jeff Rotol? Something like by Jeff Rotol would be good. Uh, These are some good choices here. They just had uh, Jimmy. Just throw out an Alice Cooper one. Jimmy uh, Buffett Jimmy and uh, by the, Leonard Skinner. There you go. All right, that's good. I was going to say Jimmy Buffett and the Eagles just played a concert down here. It would have been right. Right up your wheelhouse. Could have, uh, could have oh, had you in the stand. Together, they, together yeah. they did, huh? It was good. It's a good show. Because I got a, I got a, a little bungalow in Key West. I go by, I go by Jimmy's um, studio all the time. I actually know the studio manager down there, and and his uh, stage guy, and who are great guys. I've never met Jimmy before, though. Oh, I've, all... met the gyp- I've met the gypsies in the palace. I've never, <laughs> I've never met the homeowner. I've met the gypsies in the palace. There you go. Well, Coach Mike Leach, uh, Washington State head football coach, I appreciate you taking the time to be on uh, this Golf Channel podcast presented by Top Golf. If you ever want to get back into golf, like I said, you have very, very well-reasoned arguments against it. But uh, let's just put it this way. The first round is on the house. If you want, if you want to get back, maybe do some light swearing, and, you know, try and take a couple shots like you would with a sniper rifle. We're always here for you. Yeah, or they, they could have full contact golf, you know, like where they could they could put gear on everybody and then, uh, you know, your opponent's 10 yards to the side. You get the backswing in. Uh, and so the idea is you hit the ball, and he's going to come smoking at you. And you hit the ball and evade him, and then you know once you get out of the circle, he can't hit you anymore. There you but go. You, you got you got the anxiety of the guy trying to stroke you as fast as you're stroking the ball. I think that uh, we can we can pitch this to to our golf channel president. We can have this put together by springtime next year. You can come off of your spring practices in 2019. We'll head right to the edit studios. And we'll make this happen for. Uh, a Golf Channel original production. But thank you again, uh, Coach Leach, for, for taking the time to join us today. All right. Well, thanks so much for having me. It's good to talk to you guys. All right. Well, good luck the rest of uh, – enjoy the off season as short as it is, and, and, and good luck this season. I'm your host, Will Gray. This has been another edition 
of the Golf Channel podcast presented by Top Golf. Thanks for listening. Feel free to subscribe, golfchannel.com slash podcast. We'll see you next time. Dogs are an important part of our lives, and keeping them protected is a top priority, especially against nasty parasites. That's why you got to check out NextGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and Pyrantal chewable tablets. NextGuard Plus chews provide one-and-done monthly protection that kills fleas and ticks, prevents heartworm disease. Plus, it treats and controls roundworms and hookworms. That's a whole lot of protection packed into a delicious beef-flavored, soft chew designed to make monthly dosing easy and enjoyable. So the next time you're at the vet, ask about NextGuard Plus Chews. They're the one-and-done monthly parasite protection you want for your dog. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.